this week. The introduction of the first sponsor of this podcast, A Getaway Wedding, leaves me with an uncomfortable feeling. And we explore my deep, complex relationship with musician John Mayer. I'm Tom Whitcomb, and this is Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Hello and welcome to episode number four of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to have you here. My name is Tom Whitcomb, or if you're one of the trainers at the gym that I work out at, you can call me Tommy, as every personal trainer seems to feel the need to do. I don't dislike it, but I've had it my entire life. I don't know what it is. PE teachers, gym trainers tradies, something about going to work in shorts. They just can't help themselves. They just, you can't have a name end in a consonant. That doesn't make any sense. It's got to be Tomo or Tommy. That's the only thing they can really wrap their heads around. It's, it is, I shouldn't say tradies, not tradies call me Mr. Whitcomb, but the rest of them, Tomo, Tommy, they love it. I gotta be honest. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. It's it's the little. It's kind of the the verbal equivalent of just having my hair ruffled by a by a by an a, an older caring gentleman with uh, with big hands. And I don't know what that says about me, but if you know anything about middle class white people, you can be sure I'm not going to interrogate it. Something to do with data, I imagine. Uh, this is an exciting exciting episode. Episode 4 of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking because for the first time, but certainly not for the last time, this podcast has a sponsor. Oh, that's right. This podcast is sponsored. I am monetizing this bitch for the very reasonable price of originally $5, then $6, and spoiler alert, as of next week, $7. $7. Because I've had another taker, another person wants to sponsor this podcast for the low, low, low price of six dollars. That is that's that is standard price of a Carlton draft at a horrific pub. You could spend six dollars to have a Carlton draft at the Bronte Legionnaires Club, which just is depression brought to life. That place. Why would I go there for a? Butter chicken on a Thursday night. I don't care that it costs nine fifty. I'm going to go to the Indian place around the corner. I'm not going to go to the Legionnaires Club for a Thai green curry on a Wednesday. But I might go for a $6 Carlton draft, but not anymore because I would rather put that $6 towards growing my presence online through the soon-to-be world's number one podcast, Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. And you might ask, Tom, well, what? what would be an appropriate product to advertise on Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking? And for those of you who are watching the live video, except not live and mostly just video, the video feels weird without an adjective. The high-definition video, you like that? 4K. 
4K video of this podcast for some reason. I don't know why you would watch this. I'm not really doing anything. But if, if you are, you would know that behind me, lots of books, plenty of books, plenty, some of which I've actually read. Several, several of these books I've read. And uh, that's because I'm a learned individual. That's because uh, I think knowledge is power. And uh, it doesn't get much more powerful than an independent podcast with dozens of listeners. And that's why it's only fitting that my first sponsor should be an author, a man of the written word. I'm talking, of course, about Bing Fraser. Now, you might think, Tom, Bing Fraser, that doesn't sound like a name. If anything, it sounds as if he's gotten his names confused. Bing seems like a last name and Fraser seems like a first name. But no, that's not how Bing Fraser operates. Because Bing Fraser is the author of Unprotected Treks, the politically incorrect blueprint for world travel. The original politically incorrect blueprint for world travel, of course, being colonization. But that's not what he's talking about here. Bing Fraser is a man who traveled the world for eight years, running from something, I think we can all agree. For those of you who have done some traveling, and considering uh, I'm fairly sure my audience is upper middle class white people, we've all done some traveling. You know, we all defined ourselves as travelers for a little bit too long. You know, we, we all felt at least an urge to put wanderlust in our dating profile bios. And we all have pictures of us in Bali somewhere on our Facebook. But none as many as Bing Fraser, who I reckon has spent a lot of time in Bali based on the little bit that I've read. Bing Fraser spent eight years traveling. Eight years. You know when you meet those people when you're traveling who just keep going. Just every dollar, every dollar they earn, whether it's from busking or selling drugs or freelancing online, just goes to to avoiding returning home for a little bit longer. That's all they want to do. Please don't make me face the reality of my life, is what they're saying to the world by staying at the same hostel for six weeks. You know when you rock up to a hostel and you're like, oh, that's John, he just won't leave. No, he doesn't work here, but he does help out, and we don't know why. He, 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 he seems to be on first-name basis with all of the staff, despite the fact he is employing all of them in some way. Well, Bing Fraser has written a, a, a travel journal uh, that he has turned into a book. $4 on the Kindle store. We'll get you a copy of Unprotected Treks, or you can pay $21.99 for paperback, although I would suggest, from what I do know about this book, probably go with the non-physical option. I don't think you really want a paper trail leading you back to this book. Uh, this, is not, this is not one for the shelf. You know, this, is, this is one for the bottom drawer beneath several uh, cables that you, don't, you no longer know what they're for. Put the book under there. Plausible deniability. Oh, I I, uh, I picked it up at a I picked it up at a at a market stall at Glebe Markets. I didn't realize what it was at first. I, I thought I was picking up the 
biography of Bing Crosby, but no, I picked up Unprotected Tracks by Bing Fraser, which he says is a book, but it kind of sounds like someone printed out a blog. Uh, I think that's mostly what this is. So this is this is the uh, description of Bing Fraser's Unprotected Tracks. The ultimate travel guide has landed, narrated through the adventures of one lone idiot as he blindly navigates the world in pursuit of life's unfound wisdom. From negotiations with gun-wielding drug dealers to near-death experiences throughout the third world, jail, brain injuries, lost teeth, schizophrenia, robberies, booze, and a needless amount of sex. These are the unbelievably true stories of a man living a life of regret so that you don't have to. So what we have here is Tucker Max goes to Europe, I believe. Should have been the byline. Tucker Max goes to Europe. Do you remember Tucker Max? If you're a male in your late 20s, you remember Tucker Max. That guy. This is the thing they don't say about toxic masculinity is sure it's problematic, but it is also a lot of fun, isn't it? A really great toxic masculine story, it doesn't get any better. It really doesn't. It's not good for the people around them, but for the spectators, what a, what a thrill, what a joy. Tucker Max Goes to Europe is uh, my name for Unprotected Text by Bing Fraser. This is what I like about the description. Jail, brain injuries, lost teeth, schizophrenia, robberies, booze, and a needless amount of sex. Schizophrenia right in the middle. Schizophrenia totally blanketed by brain injuries in jail on one side and a needless amount of sex on the other. That tells you everything you need to know about Bing Fraser. Bing Fraser has some serious mental issues uh, that he has been covering up through eight years of hostel hopping. And uh, if you want to read all about it, if you want to do more delving into Bing Fraser's life than he has ever done, despite the fact he did write the book, I would recommend Unprotected Tracks. Now, I've been talking about this for like eight minutes now. You Tell me that's not worth $5. Tell me at least two of you aren't going to buy the Kindle version of this book. That's money in Bing Fraser's pocket. Thank you, Bing, for supporting the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having the money spare to put in my pocket to round about shit on your artistic pursuit for, for a good seven minutes. I appreciate that. And guess what? We've got a sponsor for next week. I don't know what he wants. I don't know what I'm, what I'm selling, but we will find out. For the low, low price of $6 on episode five of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. And uh, likewise, if you, if you should want to also be placed upon the pedestal to see the marketing results that come from a spot on Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking, $7. $7 to my PayPal account sometime in the next seven days. That'll get you there. So think about it. Give it some thought. And hopefully I hear from you soon. What else has happened to me recently? Oh, well, I spent last weekend at a wedding. Um, and, you know, I haven't actually been to too many weddings in my life. I've been to, I think this was my maybe fourth or fifth wedding that I've attended. And I think I had a real realisation this wedding. It, it was one of those ones, it was a, it was a destination wedding, so it kind of went three days. Uh, the first day was a welcome dinner and drinks. The second day was the ceremony, and the third day was the recovery uh, lunch. And it was a, a stunning, stunning weekend, beautiful location, uh, amazing food and drink, uh, 
the everyone looked amazing. The bride wearing this crazy fairy tale level of dress. I mean, the amount of money spent during that weekend could have saved a lot of lives, but it didn't. It was uh, it was used to celebrate love, and uh, I think we agree that that's probably more important. You know, those those people you could have said they're going to die anyway, but love. I don't know. Um, I probably should have had a had a better justification for that. And I and I'm not trying to shit on the couple here. Obviously, like we all spend money that could go to better places. Um, no more so than me. You know, I uh, I would rather throw money away than give it to a needy cause uh, because I think what I value more than charity is self reliance. And uh, I gotta say, you know, what is Uni- what is UNICEF doing about that is is the real question that I have. But it was a beautiful wedding. But what I realized throughout the wedding, it took, it took me it took me a couple of days. But by the third day, what I realized, I had this weird feeling in my stomach. And, and, and I think it was when the bride and groom were, were saying their vows and everyone is sat watching this take place, you know, a good 70, 80 people watching these two people commit to one another, these best friends solidify their relationship. When I realized the thing that was making me just a little uncomfortable was this whole weekend wasn't about me at all. It, not even slight, you know. No one mentioned me. I wasn't a best man. I wasn't a groomsman. I wasn't an MC. No one thanked me in any of the speeches. I, I, I had very little to do with the whole weekend. Uh, of course, it was my close friends, and I was appreciating them. But I'm just saying, like, very few eyes were on me at any point, and I can't help but feel a little bit weird about that. You know, I, I counted at least five microphones over the course of the weekend. I didn't touch one of them. And I think we can all agree there's something not right about that. Every event that I go to with a microphone at which I don't speak is a wasted opportunity because I'm out there talking, sometimes for money, sometimes out of the goodness of my heart, sometimes into a microphone on my desk into a camera for the pleasure of between 30 and 50 people depending on how many how how many of my friends have 40 minutes to spare in a given week and yet here i am at this gorgeous wedding with 100 people in attendance and none of them know how i feel about it you see the disconnect here right we see where they've gone wrong I mean, don't they realize what a waste this is? Some of these people are talking through a microphone for the first time ever. And I got to say, you know, sure, the bride's speech was moving. Sure, many people were in tears. But was it funny? I mean, not to me. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think it was very funny at all. I mean, in, in many ways, it kind of felt like a bit of a bomb. It felt like a real bomb. You know, there were no laughs. There were, I mean, sure, people clapped at the start and the end, but you kind of have to, right? 
So I can't help but feel sorry for those people. I mean, the other thing that I, I did notice, which I thought was interesting, was um, all my friends now, they're, they're into their 30s, and there's nothing like a wedding uh, and, and, uh, and free alcohol to unearth who of your friends uh, have real problems. Because now that my friends are 30, 31, 32, the things that used to make them a lot of fun and quite exciting to be around now is a real cause for concern. On both the Friday and Saturday night, I had multiple friends up until 7.30 in the morning just, you know, because we were celebrating the love of our friends. But we were also, for some people, they were also celebrating their love for cocaine. And it's hard to tell which bond was stronger, really, because, you know, marriages end, but cocaine is forever. At least some of these people's cocaine habits will be forever. And... Uh, and and then you, you kind of start to separate as well. Like who who is an al- who has a problem versus who's just an alcoholic? Because I've got a friend who is without a doubt an alcoholic. I mean, there is not a doubt in anyone's mind, including his. Um, but it's not a problem. It doesn't seem to be a problem at all. He's healthy. He's fit. Uh, he's in good shape. Um, you know. I mean, sure, he's he's covering something up, but aren't we all? But then I have other friends who are. It's a problem. They're not even drinking that much, but it is a problem. You know, you don't have a high tolerance for alcohol. You have deep-seated emotional issues. These are the stages that we're getting to in our lives. And it's fun, you know, I ran into some people uh, at the wedding who were giving me great feedback about the podcast, uh, who were saying, you know, they listen and they're enjoying it. Um, And, you know, obviously then I kind of got very tired of this two-way interaction because I'm like, well, you're already listening to the podcast. We don't really need to go any further. Do you, you'll hear how I feel about our interaction on next week's podcast. Um, and now that you are listening and you know who you are, you know, it was a little bit tiresome, to be honest. I think we have a relationship that best uh, suits a one-way communication of you listening and me talking. And then I, I was trying to do that at the time, but you kept interrupting with your thoughts And that's not really what I'm into these days. This is what I've kind of realized. Going back to the point of the wedding, I just need just a one-way route of communication at all times to everybody as much as as possible, okay? If if you, because otherwise, you know, you're talking and we both know I'm just waiting for my turn to talk again. And yes, it's nice to get my breath back and to gather my thoughts, but uh, I would rather, you know, do that in real time through talking. So if you are, listening to the podcast, enjoying, and you are close friends, please consider this our interaction for this week. I really should stop going so hard at my friends because that is the sum total of my audience. And hopefully one day some of my sponsors, guys, Billy Grumman, I'm talking to you, man. You, 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 you could bring us the next episode of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. This is the most rambling I've felt that I've been on this podcast so far. This is the other thing that happens. I've got friends telling me they're listening to the stuff and they're enjoying the content. I have this other conversation at work. This has happened once or twice where I've run into people who I, I kind of know but not that well. And they go, hey, uh, you've been coming up on my TikTok a lot recently. And that's the end of the statement. And that's a very hard statement to respond to because you can't say thanks uh, because at no point in there was there any compliment. It was purely a statement. Like, hey, you're, a, you're around a lot, huh? I'm, uh, 
getting subjected to a lot of your thoughts and feelings. Anyway, like, what do you what do you say? To, I, I I get this. We're like, hey, I see you doing this a lot. Like, yeah, I am. And they're like, oh, well. And the underlying question that sits at the end of that is, are you sure you should be? Is, is this re- Do you really feel this is necessary? I see you on TikTok a lot. Do you have any idea how I could do less of that? I don't know what the algorithm thinks I see in you, but whatever it is, it's wrong. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry, Jack. I will do everything that I can to talk less to things the algorithm thinks you might be into because this isn't good for anybody. No one's enjoying this. No, this interaction is uncomfortable. I don't know what to say to those people where it's like, yep, I'm uh, they're like, so I see you put a lot of stuff out. And I'm like, yeah, 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 trying to monetize this. And they're like, oh, really? Why are you trying to monetize it? Don't you have a well-paying job? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And I love every minute of it. I have to stop saying this on the podcast. I need to stop leaving a paper. I might have to edit this out. Got to stop leaving a paper trail of disgruntlement. And at least part of this is a character, right? Because this is what people want from podcasts. Come on here and bitch about your privileged life. And uh, that's what I will continue to do. I went and saw the new Batman on Monday. Had the day off work on Monday. Took a day to recover from the wedding. Went and saw the new Batman. And you know what? Three hours... Three hours, huh? What an odd choice in 2022. When most of the content I consume is 23 seconds on a TikTok, to go ahead and and, and turn Batman into a three-hour epic, I don't know who that's for. It feels like movies are like, we know you have Netflix and TikTok and Instagram and podcasts and a lot of other very accessible, easy content you could get for much cheaper than the movie. But what if we made the movie insufferably long? Would that would that make it more valuable? Here's where I felt on Monday I was in a little bit of a I was a little bit down, just exhausted from the weekend, and I was like, hmm, three hours of Batman, or do I go see Jackass and see a guy get hit in the nuts for 90 minutes? That is the perfect amount of time and the perfect type of content for the modern era. I'm actually going on, I don't believe any of this, I actually thoroughly enjoyed Batman. I actually, I, I, didn't, I didn't suffer too much for the three hours. I, I was very worried about it. I was very concerned about it, as I am in most movies these days. Because most movies are like two and a half hours long. I don't dedicate two and a half hour of thinking time to anything anymore. There is nothing, there is nothing you could do for two and a half hours that would sustain my engagement. And to be fair, I'm sitting through the movie and I'm going, it's two hours in, you're still engaged. Keep up the good work, all right? This is, it felt like doing reps at the gym. It, it felt like I was going for a run where I'm like, this is, try not to focus on how long this is because that is only going to be painful for all involved. Just try and stay in it. And I did. Great film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it so much. I've never really been into into comics or graphic novels or anything. 
But every time something like this comes up, like I don't really give a shit about the Marvel Universe. I, I, I don't understand people that do, if I'm honest. The people who have been like, yeah, I've, all, I've seen all 37 Marvel movies. It's like, God, maybe spend some time outside. But when I do get really into something, like I loved The Boys um, and, I, and I loved Batman, and I think maybe, maybe I should get into comic books or graphic novels. Maybe I should... Because, you know, like Watchmen is one of the all-time great graphic novels. And it's on like a list of the top, I think the BBC put it in like top 100 books of all time. Like maybe I should, and we've been through this, I love to read occasionally. I loved to read. It's 2022, no one reads anymore, obviously. But, you know, back before, back before short form content had really hit its peak, I loved to read back when I could pay attention to anything for more than 17 seconds. You know, my TikTok is, it is phenomenal what that, app will do to you my tiktok is predominantly i think it's about 75 percent my tiktok is 75 percent 18 year old girls dancing and then the other 25 percent i don't know how old they are but and i think maybe maybe i should get into comic books maybe i should go and borrow a graphic novel from the library and then i think oh yeah sports that's why I shouldn't read comic sports exist. I'd I'd almost for, I got so wrapped up in the superheroes I forgot that the real heroes are you know the guys with hand eye coordination and anger problems. That's where I should be dedicating my attention to. And don't get me wrong, uh, a good comic book movie is a great way to fill in the off season. But rugby league comes back this weekend. I think that's the hero we truly deserve. Is not Batman, but uh, James Tedesco. But would highly recommend Batman. Go check it out. Robert Pattinson, my mate from school. True story. Went to school with Robert Pattinson. Uh, I went to a school called the Herodian in London when I was like four, five, six. Uh, bougie drama school. Uh, and Robert Pattinson apparently went there. I have no recollection of it. We were not friends, but... Uh, Hey, who knows, as this podcast really struggles for content over the coming years, that story might change. Uh, there might be a podcast coming in future iterations where it is 35 minutes of me describing my close bond with Robert Pattinson and how I knew he was destined for fame from the start. And maybe, you know, allege some Me Too cancel culture stuff to, to just drum up a little bit of PR for the whole thing. The other thing I've been doing this week, I'm a big YouTube guy. Oh, this is a good segue to say that this podcast, I think I've already said this, available on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube now if you like. Oh, I was talking about the books. If you want to watch the podcast happen in real time, check it out on YouTube. Check out my, uh, just search Tom Whitcomb. It'll come up. Big YouTube guy. I find, my spend, find myself wasting a lot of time on the tube. And uh, so much of what I'm being served up recently are the wise words of the one and only John Mayer. I have a complex relationship with John Mayer, a deeply complex relationship, because on the one hand, I truly dislike some of his music. 
But then on the other hand, I truly love some of his music. Your Body is a Wonderland wants to makes me want to throw myself out of my window. But then you throw on a little bit of belief. Oh, he can have me. But my relationship with John Mayer, it's deeper than that. Because <clears throat> it's not just about the music. It's about his mind. It, it, it's about... I spent 45 minutes the other day watching John Mayer talk about his watch collection. 45 minutes. And that's part two of the conversation. Because I'd already spent 15 minutes watching John Mayer talk about the other part of his watch collection. Somewhere between his 33rd and 34th Rolex description, I thought, I'm, I'm going to need at least 15 more minutes of this. John Mayer owns so many luxury watches, and they're all worth, I looked up the value of a lot of them, they're all worth at least half a million dollars. John May, if John Mayer sold a third of his watch collection, he could take back Kiev tomorrow. He could fund a military operation to retake the Ukrainian capital. I will say it is Thursday, the 10th of March right now. As of right now, Kiev has not fallen, but I uh, think we all see where that's going. I actually have no idea. I sh should not be talking about this whatsoever. It's really good that very few people listen to this podcast because, God, can you imagine if you gave Joe Rogan's reach to some dickhead with four episodes of a podcast? If people started taking my words seriously, oh, no, that's not going to happen for at least six to eight months. But I will happily listen to John Mayer talk about Rolexes for way too much time, for way too long. An hour of my life I've dedicated, and I'll be honest, it's not the first time I've watched the video. I've watched the video more than once. And yet I can't, Look away from the man. I am so obsessed and disgusted by him simultaneously. This is a man. This is a man who once described his penis as a white supremacist. But at the same time, I want to know what he thinks happens after we die. And I will put quite a lot of weight in whatever his answer is. I will put a lot of weight into whatever his answer is. I, I will. I think he knows. There's something about him. He knows what he's doing. And I think we can all kind of relate to this a bit. Because on the one hand, he is obviously an enormous douche. But on the other hand, Eric Clapton says he's good at guitar. How do we reconcile these things? How do we bring these things together? And I think at the heart of it is the fact that John Mayer... John Mayer had sex with Jessica Simpson, Cameron Diaz, Jennifer Aniston... Katy Perry, it's like John Mayer sat in on every wet dream I had between 2004 and 2009. And out of that constructed his own bucket list. And no, I'm not going to call it a come bucket list. That is disrespectful. You're better than that. Shut up. My mum listens to this podcast, by the way. That's unsettling. She tried to sponsor this podcast. Absolutely not. Mum, there is no way. I don't need your money except when I ask for it. Then I desperately need your money. But for now, I'm okay. 
it's like John Mayer sat in on all and, and, and like some kind of horny Freddy Krueger and just said, these, these women, you, you fantasize about these women, watch this. And I'm not even mad at him. I'm just obsessed. This is the most I've ever related to Taylor Swift is I also write songs about John Mayer. Does anyone relate to this? Does anyone else feel this way? Because I, I, I'm so conflicted. He's an amazing speaker. He sings well. But also, it's fucking John Mayer. Do you know? We all have some soul searching to do, I suppose. Well, I don't know how I feel about this episode, if I'm honest. And I knew these were going to come. I did a podcast with my friend Elliot for, for about a year. And there were those episodes where you just, you kind of walked away from it. And you were like, well, I guess we're putting this out. I guess this lives forever. <laughs> I, guess, I guess, you know, this is a, a piece of my history now. And if someone statistically, there is probably someone, if my career goes on long enough, where this is the first interaction they have with me ever. And uh, depending on what stage of my career at, it's going to go one of two ways. Either they're going to go, this fucking guy? People are into this fucking guy? This is, this is what he thinks entertainment is. And then there are other people who are going to go, oh, no wonder no one gives a shit about this guy. I'm net. I'm net. Is it, was it this? I'm trying to avoid being so needy in my podcast because obviously I'm I'm trying to do this character of like I don't really give a shit and here's my opinions. But also, tell me it's good. Please tell me. Please, please tell me it's good. But that's it. That's all I've got for you this week. It showed some respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. I would ask you a few things. Little plug. I'm, I'm terrible at doing the plugs at the end of the podcast, and I'm also terrible at giving them way too much of a run up. Because if I was listening, this is the point where I would stop listening. But I'm going to do it all the same. A uh, couple of things. First one, my Sydney Comedy Festival show, Ignorant, is on sale right now, May 5th and 6th, I believe. Thursday and Friday, whatever dates those are. Uh, first week of May, please come along. Please buy tickets. You can get tickets. They're in my Instagram bio. I'm, I'm sure you'll find it. Or you can Google Tom Whitcomb Sydney Comedy Festival. It'll come up. Please buy tickets. Please come along. Everything that I do, sketch writing and clipping up stand-up clips and pieces of camera and this podcast, it's all in service of the stand-up. That is what I'm trying to do with my life. If you like this at all, please, please, please come along. It would mean a lot to me. Um, Beyond that, if you could give me a review for this podcast anywhere that suits you, whether that be on Apple, whether that be on Spotify, whatever you feel most comfortable with, that too would be a huge benefit. And otherwise, tell your friends about this podcast. I've had some really, really nice feedback. Maybe don't tell them about this episode, depending on how you feel about it. But uh, tell your friends, share it round, share the love, introduce them, just show some respect Tom Whitcomb is talking. And until next time, I've been Tom Whitcomb. Have a fantastic week. Goodbye. <laughs>